out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field, I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone, today I speak with my friend Anne. Anne and I started our recovery journeys very close to each other. And it fills my heart with warmth to be able to chat to her about her spiritual journey, both before recovering and over the past nine years. This podcast is supported by the first layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. This is Anne's story. Sit back and enjoy it. Anne, welcome to Meet Me in the Field. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Freddie. Lovely to see you again. That's absolutely bloody awesome. So you are well, and we haven't seen each other. It must have been six Six years. years. I moved to Somerset West in 2015, I think. So since then, I don't think I've ever seen you again. Used to see you at Woodstock meetings every yeah. now and then. Yeah. And you are looking fit and healthy. Talk about fit and healthy. So we're Facebook friends and I see you doing cycle races. Yes, and, and run, I've started running on the 1st of October. Because I, I, I didn't know you were running and then I saw tonight you said I'm just back from a run. So what the hell? So <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you, lady? <laughs> Five years and 38 days ago, and I'm not counting, I stopped smoking. Okay. And I proceeded to put on 35 kilograms. Oh, my word. And I'd also already put on 15 kilos since I got clean. Okay. So it was a total of 50 kilograms. I, I'm raising my, my hands on the 15 <laughs> kilos since you got clean. I also I just yeah. ballooned. So my daughter suggested that I start cycling with her. Okay. And then... I did, but just as a little round-the-block thing, and then she dropped the bombshell that she was going to immigrate, oh. and she wanted me to do one Argus with her. Oh, my God. Gee, was that is, <laughs> is that really nice, or is that hyper-manipulation? Well, <laughs> What did it feel like to you at that stage? <laughs> I was terrified. I hadn't been on a bicycle since 1984. Oh, wow. I was overweight. I was unfit. I had just stopped smoking, so I was really, like, the breathing was yeah. very difficult. But it was the only bonding thing that Christine and I had, because we had three years of no talking whatsoever. Oh, no. Yeah. So the fact that she wanted to spend time with me was precious. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So I loved So you took I the challenge. That. We took the challenge. We did not finish. My first attempt at the Argus, I did 65 Ks of the 109. Oh, my word. But um, it was fun. I had a tutu on and butterfly wings. So and, fabulous. And, and you just enjoyed. Mm. That's, that's it. You did and I still haven't the experience. finished the Argus. Good. No. I've, uh, the most that I've done is 80, 85. Uh, so the Argus is in three weeks' time. And this year, are you better prepared than I'm, ever? I'm better prepared. I'm just going to go with the flow. Do I'm you enjoy it. cycling? I thought I did. <laughs> 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 and, and and then, then what changed your mind for you? I found riding. I found running. Okay. And I've taken to that like a duck takes to water. Okay. It's I'm more in control. I'm a control freak. So <laughs> there are too again. Many I'm raising <laughs> my hand. <laughs> there are too many variables in cycling. Yes. 
I'm terrified of traffic. I've had a horrible fall down uh, Boys Drive in front of a car. Oh, no. It was terrifying. Um, so you've got brakes can fail. I'm terrified of going down hills now because of that fall. Yeah. You've got, during the race, people fall. I've had a fall. And I the people everywhere around you. And, and those wheels can... It's, that's so, so I'm, I'm claustrophobic. Oh, so, my God. Oh. So going chappies for me, I can't cycle yeah. it. I can't. I get off my bike and I push because I just can't breathe. Okay. But now with running, I found... First of all, I get close to my higher power. That's 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 my time. Cool. I thought I I had that experience with cycling, but this is far easier because I don't have to worry about pulling brakes yeah. and indicating and you can easy, changing gears. I'm just disappear into the rhythm and, and that's kind of meditative. Yeah. Very. It's just that. I it love just it happens. Well. It just you know. I I run kind of. But because I was an athlete in my younger days, a, a hurdler, I've got wow. knee problems, I've got ankle problems. And so as soon as I reach a certain amount of kilometers, it's as if it my, body, my body can't. Yeah. So then I have to stop and I rest and then I start again and build up until that, that level. I normally get to about 18 Ks on a run. And wow. then, it's, then I, I, I have to fall back again completely. And then I started cycling because I thought, okay, Running's not working, and my husband had a bicycle hanging hanging in the garage, and I had it fixed up. And we st- I st- went for one cycle, and I came back and I nearly threw up, mm. because I cycled the route that I normally run. <gasps> Hills. And I couldn't, I could not do it. It was so difficult. But also, I was terrified every, every time that the traffic came from behind me. I was, I made myself as small as possible, mm. and then I thought of afterwards. But I cycled as a child, and I had no fear then. But it's not that but arrogant, you know, the, the arrogance the, of youth. We just don't think of, of the consequences. The, well, the, we didn't think that death was possible. Exactly, yeah. But also, the roads weren't half as busy. Yeah, I, I used to so, cycle yeah. to school. Okay. And I mean, that was from Kenilworth to Rondebosch. And that was busy traffic. Okay, yeah. Over the booms at Kenilworth Station and all of that. And I wasn't afraid. I, I was terrified. And I, I don't know when when I'm more terrified, if when I'm on the road and there's cars or when I'm in a race when there's so many yeah. people because there's just so many people. It was scary as well. It's, it's frightening. And I've, like, I've fallen a good couple of times. I haven't had a fall running. Not yet. Not with, yet. With, with other I get in tune with God and I get in tune with my body and I know what's happening. So Wonderful. It was a, cha- it was a zero to hero program. Do you know Monique? Monique... No. She got me into it. So she okay. was the PR chair and she, I saw, well, she didn't, she didn't say a word to me. She walked into my meeting and I was like, she'd lost like 15 Ks. And I'm like, what the hell happened to Do you? Do you know Tanya? Yes. Yes. I interviewed her on here a few weeks ago and wow. wow. I mean, she's doing <laughs> marathons. Yeah. I don't have a goal of that. So I did my 10K. I've done two. They now love I'm in you, the intermediate they? group. Yeah, now I'm training for a 15K. Oh, cool. And you and your son now run together. Yes. How awesome is that? That's wonderful. So So every every time it's a bonding experience for you. It's wonderful. So it was cycling is Christine, Mm. running is John, and then my younger son, Robert, he's doing 21Ks. So we do the same events. We go together. Okay. And I'm there, a mom with her two sons. You don't often get... Yeah. Young men that age that want to hang out with their mom. That's wonderful. I find I find it quite cool. 
act not quite well it's fucking awesome but that's what it is I, I thought you were going to say that he swims because uh, uh. then the, next, <laughs> then you can, we can do then the next thing you can do is a triathlon so with my children I have kind of now trained for a triathlon so <laughs> iron, iron lady do a woman do the iron man or, no, this is okay, so, so there you go. No, that's so my goal. Next stop. <laughs> but what has, I want to do the swim to Robin Island. That's another thing on my bucket list. Are you serious? So I'm going to finish the August, no matter what. I'm going to do 121K, no matter what. And then I am going to swim to Robin Island. Those are. Do you know how cold that water is? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> what wetsuit. I have to get oh a my wetsuit. God, no. Yulisa, I, you must remember Yulisa. Mm, no, doesn't doesn't come up immediately. I'm terrible with names. She she was like also a very very overweight woman, beautiful beautiful girl, very angry, and then she started her step her sponsor suggested okay swimming, very soothing. Yeah. And she she did the oh she swam to Robin Island. She does it every year now. But now she also runs and yeah. and and and. So that I started wonderful. late. You know, a lot of the young girls are in their thirties yeah. and forties. It was, it was a bit worrying because I mean I only started my fiftieth year. I had done no exercise wow. since eighteen. So my sponsor God, watches and that's me. amazing. But I do try overdo it, of course. Okay, yeah. Control freak, obsessive mm-hmm. compulsive, perfectionist. My looked at my program and she's like, um, "You're quitting two days exercise. Pick a day. Pick a pick an exercise." Because <laughs> I was doing fit club. <laughs> well done, sponsor. I know who you are. I love you dearly. <laughs> fit club, running and cycling. No time for family. All obsessive. Oh my uh, word! The one thing that I don't have is a scale. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear Not that. Allowed. Yeah, I I weigh myself on Sunday mornings I put two two targets down beginning of this year I wrote I, I never write goals but I decided this year I'm writing goals one was I want to weigh 75 k's on my birthday which is in two weeks wow and I've lost five mm-hmm. but there's still five to go and I'm not going to make it and on the way here tonight driving to you, I realized that I'm not going to make it that means two and a half case a week that's insane yeah, no, that's so that goal I'm not going to make and the other one you was could make it for Easter yeah and the other goal was I want to finish editing the book that I wrote the second book that I wrote oh. and I'm now 95% on that so that one I'm going to make so that one can compensate for the one I'm not yes. making so that's okay and you're still so early in the year you've still got yeah but I want to I want to launch the book in September the published book so oh, lovely exciting so you grew up in Cape Town Yes. You're I a full-blown Cape Townian. No, I was born in Rudderpoort. In Johannesburg? In Ondekers Hospital. You and I were born very close to each other. I grew up in Triumph. That is really not far from each other. Not far at all. Good God. Yeah, so my parents are both Scottish. They didn't know that Afrikaans was not English. They thought people that... People that live in South Africa speak Afrikaans, so they just assumed. And off I went to primary school speaking Afrikaans when nobody at home could speak the language. Oh, my God. So it was rough. <laughs> rough, very rough. <laughs> I had bakura, very bakura. Uh, they've been pinned back twice. Is it? Okay. And Sorry, but we wish you said that obviously <laughs> led forward to, to I sometimes wish we could do this on video because I need to explain to the listeners what the hell happening here. <laughs> 
She definitely does not have Bachwood in now. That I can guarantee you. Oh, they were Prince Charles had nothing. Oh my me. word! Yeah, and I was teased because I couldn't speak English. Yes. I couldn't speak Afrikaans. I had Bachwood, and then thank God my parents saw the light and moved to Cape Town. Okay. And uh, I was in grade two, and then when I went into my primary school in Harfield Village, Greenfield, they said she needs to go to elocution classes. Say Beret Bayer. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> and now Janice Honeyman yes. was my elocution teacher. I'm a word. I was very, very fortunate. And still today, I think I get the jobs that I get because of the way she taught me how to speak. Because when I look at my my siblings they still pray when you've got Glaswegian parents and you're in an Afrikaans community attending an Afrikaans well a Tuatana yeah. school that that <sighs> remains amazing so I'm all the stuff <laughs> I'm the snob in the family <laughs> because you don't pr- I, I like to pronounce my words the way well you go girl <laughs> But what's one you think? We were not born to fit in, we were born to stand out. Exactly. So you go, girl, you stand out and you, <laughs> and you do it proudly. <laughs> so did you grow up with any form of religion or spirituality? It was forced down my throat. Ah, so, Catholic. No, 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 Protestant. Oh. Mm. Which is quite weird because... Oh, my, yes, Scotland, Scot- of well, course. Yeah, my so one parent my, was Catholic. My history is absolutely the other, the other parent was Protestant. Okay. And my father, my mother's dad said, you're not marrying her unless you get married in a Protestant church. So oh. uh, my dad was an alcoholic, never went to church other than on my uh, Christmas show. And my mom became born again when we moved to Cape Town and she was obsessed. Fanatic. Absolute. I could not listen to Radio 5. I could not read secular books. Oh, my word. I had to listen to St. James Church cassettes and read biblical literature. Okay, now I'm pulling my face. <laughs> so, so, so you obviously didn't fit in in school. Oh, my word. And she dressed me like a tunny. <laughs> like so, a cook. <laughs> <laughs> my sister had made the terrible sin of falling pregnant out of wedlock. Oh, my word. So, therefore, curfew. My mother chaperoned me to the cinema till I was 15. Oh, my word. I had to be in bed by 8 o'clock at night. Hmm. I could not go to... I had to go to church. It was compulsory. And I had to wear the clothes that my mother bought for me, which in those days it was woolies, but in those days woolies was for crumbs. My own. If you wanted to buy good quality, very, very conservative. It was not really conservative, but just kind of so utterly unimaginative. Awful. Yeah. Beiges. Shaman. Uh, so that's how I grew up. And also my mom, it was a lot lamaki. And my mom was very old fashioned and the and this Christian very yeah. very protective. I look back now, my mom and I had a very bad relationship and I look back now and I have some empathy and I realise she was just trying to prevent me from going off the rails. Yeah. She did not realise that by her doing that she pushed me over the rails. Yeah. And I specifically chose my partner because he was everything my mother would hate. Oh, my word. 
Like, I'll show you. <laughs> and did you show her? <laughs> <laughs> Is mom still alive? No. Okay. Um, she, she died. She didn't see me clean. Oh, no. Mm. Well, that's terrible. Mm. And you now clean nine and nearly a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're a month before me, if I remember correctly. Very close to Very me. Very close. I'm November. Yeah. You are? I'm, I'm 23rd of November. So you're no, early I'm November. I'm 9 November. Okay. So we're really, really close. So it was really great. And the, last year, the convention was on the 9th. Oh, opening wow. night. And I was 9 on the 9th. And so I asked to share. I didn't ask to share. I asked to do service at the convention. And... Uh, they came back to me the day that I flew back from London, actually. Oh, yes? As I swapped my sims, there was this message. Um, Thanks, you're the opening sharer for the convention. I was like, oh, that, I'm, 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 that's Opening not, sharer, God. Yeah, that's not what I was actually no pressure. For. I was like, oh, maybe they yeah. go, like, chair a meeting or yeah. do the tea and coffee or something. Opening sharer, step one. And um, it was very, very special. I can imagine. It was John's first convention. Oh, wow. I've never been to a convention. And I cried. I knew I was going to. Oh, wonderful. I'm a crier. I'm a crier. I cry when I see the sunset. I cry when I see the sunrise. Beautiful. But one of the best things you do is you get your feelings back. Mm. One of the worst things that happens is you get your feelings back. (laughs) That's for sure. That's for sure. That's wonderful. Wow. And then, so I obviously was very anti-church. My father died when... A week before my first child was born. He wasn't meant to die. It was like a total fuck-up. Was he still drinking at that stage? He never stopped. Okay, so... And yet my father was my higher power, my God, my knight in shining armour. Totally delusional, I've I've realised painfully so. Only as an alternative to mom that that, that you just wanted to get away from? He was just... He loved me unconditionally okay. and I was the apple of his eye because I was the only child that got him a trick ah. um, I was the only child that played a musical instrument okay what did you play the flute are you serious mm. awesome. I did ballet till oh, wow. so I was this little now I went to, I went to Scotland in my holiday trip and I see where my father comes from they were dirt poor and the Glaswegians are like factory workers very uneducated, yeah. very rough, very aggressive. And so I understand why he was proud of me because I was the thing that told the world for him he'd made it. Okay. Um, oh, wow. So he had me sure. on a pedestal. I had him on an even higher yeah. pedestal. And I defended him to the T. I mean, I started learning how to drive at the age of 12 my father just couldn't drive oh my word and my mother would make me go out with him so that yeah. I could drive him home and that's not that's not right <laughs> <laughs> if right is the right word for, for that <laughs> um, oh wow yeah so I've realised that you know I learned behaviours from that I had to write an anger letter to my father for a therapist and I found that incredibly hard Mm. I had to do the I same at some stage. In I said, like, I want to write an anger letter to my mother. Yeah. I said, no, you've been angry with your mother your whole life. Mm. It's your father that you've got to come to terms yeah. with. I had to write on to my parents as one of my sponsor listened to it and he said, that's the most pathetic anger letter I've ever heard up, in my he life. I was told he tore it up and 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 tore it up
Did you have the same therapist, John? <laughs> no, there's actually responses. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. So he definitely, he definitely said, no, this is not good no, enough. Go feel those angry. feelings and deal with that. That's wishy-washy. Yeah. Um, I, I came to terms with it eventually. And I think once I realized and accepted that anger, then then it was there. And also, I believed that anger was wrong. So yes. for me, anger determines violence. And also, prior to the violence, because, I mean, I didn't get beaten up at home. Although, in retrospect, my, my brothers did. Okay. Um, the discipline was very firm, but fist firm. Oh, my word. And so when I then got a partner and was, was abused, like everybody said, but there has to have been. You don't just yeah. accept that kind of behavior. I was very angry at this God person all along because I just thought like, why did you allow me to have to go through this? If there is a God, like, why is there so much pain and suffering? Yeah. Why did I stay? Why did I have three kids? Why, why, why? And then I decided I can't do this 12-step program. So I tried a couple of times. Okay. And the God thing was what stumbling blocked yeah. over and over. And then the last time when I was broken, I was just like, you know what, Anne, you actually have to do whatever it takes because I'd had like 18 months clean here and there and I knew when I had it I had a sense of purpose and I had a sense of self-worth so things were things were better during that those without a doubt okay and then I just had to just do it just do it and um, I'm still just doing it but (laughs) my higher power is like definitely not God not the traditional God yeah. that I grew up with because he is he's punishing and he is judging and he's going to choose who goes through the door and who doesn't go yeah. through the door. Quite frankly, I don't want a fucking God that does that. So my dude, he's very patient. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, I like that already. And he's so um, available, although I was prevented by my sponsor from going on to SEP7 in January because I had disconnected from him. Oh, wow. I was very angry with him again. And um, I don't know why he's a him, but but he is. And uh, so I just decided, fuck you, actually. Clearly, <laughs> you are Clearly too, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're so. too busy to look after me. <laughs> so I'll just take the reins back here because ah. I'll look after myself just fine. Thank yeah. you. Hmm. And, I and how did that work for you? <laughs> <laughs> not well, not well at all. <laughs> got very angry again, got stressful again, started getting palpitations oh, a bit. And then I finished my step six and I said, okay, now I'm ready to go for step seven. And she's like, so who are you, who are you handing over these character defects yeah. to and asking them to remove your shortcomings? Who? And I was like, to my high power so she's oh. so she's the one that you that you don't trust and you and yeah. you, you're not very happy oh my with. word that person that thing <laughs> and I was like, it will it will come so she says no it will not come she says when last have you gone down on your knees mm. and i hadn't been on my knees for about three or four years to be honest and so she said so she says how do you do your your daily meditations so I said, the Just For Today comes on my phone. So she's give me your phone. She removed the app. She's going to find your book. So the, sa- the same sponsor that, that we spoke about earlier. The sweet little old lady. The sweet little old lady can be a bitch, it seems. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I still love you. <laughs> so, yeah. That's amazing. So, she's strict. Mm-hmm. Very strict. And I had to do a step 10 for a month every day and email it to her. And I had to cool. get down on my knees morning and night. Oh, you go, go. And I had to read my Just for Today from the book. In the book. Because that's the, the way it's done. Yeah. <laughs> and within five days, I could feel oh my a word. sense of freedom. So you, took the, you took the body and the mind followed. Yeah. yeah. So boss is still abusive, still very stressful. My son still doesn't have a job. All the circumstances of life have not changed. Yeah. But I don't feel as if I'm carrying them. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Also, I had to up my meetings because I'm only doing one meeting a week. And then I was doing five meetings while I was on leave. And now I'm doing like three. And for the first 12 meetings, completely meetings that I haven't been to for like hardly ever, higher power, connection, (laughs) God, my understanding, those were the topics at all of these different meetings. What the fuck? <laughs> that, the, and then, that the fuck? <laughs> Christmas night. So Alka yes. is one. My I dear met, friend Alka. Oh, she's, <laughs> she's awesome, isn't she? She's absolutely. She's now, been I'd on here her, as well. I'd seen her a couple of times in the rooms, but I'd made no, you know, I'd like hi. Mm. But Christmas night she shared at Cork Bay meeting. The one we did the candle thing. Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry I missed that. It sounded it so wonderful. best share i have heard oh my word my hairs on my it was just like karina was sitting opposite me and i was like wondering if like i was just a little bit emotional and because that time of year a lot of those type of things but then i looked across at karina and i could see that she was moved just as much as me and then i looked to the side to see a sponsee of mine and we were all just like (laughs) riveted and uh it was really it was very very special and then also that was another kind of connection that i realized i could feel you know it's christmas day which has a lot of significance to a lot of other people but for me it was significant because i'd had the day with my children other than Christine, but here I was at a meeting on my own. Gary and John didn't want to come, and it was just what I needed. I just needed my time. Awesome. And there, that's where my higher power meets as well. When we stand in the circle and hold hands, particularly at the end, not that very, I don't feel it as much in the first holding hands, but at the end, the power of all of those higher powers holding hands and it's it's amazing. The most amazing. As I said earlier, I've never been to an NA convention. But in my other fellowship, SAA, we arranged the first SAA convention ever on African soil. Oh, wow. And that was exciting. And I was, I gave the idea, let's have a convention. So I'm very, very proud of it. And I'll never forget the day that a hundred sex addicts stood in a circle and said this serenity prayer. I went uh, look, I've, I've got, mm-hmm. it's just such a powerful thing. Wow. Mm. So I can imagine on Christmas night, that after such a thing. handled it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, everybody that shared afterwards as well, it was just so honest. There was just like, there a lot of people were like, this is the worst day of my life for me. And the trauma of yeah. parents not being there. And it was just a very, very real, she was talking about her shadow self. 
and um, it's the first time I've thought of of my angry side as as a shadow, and the way she, and because there was a shadow because of the candles, yeah. she said, "Look, see," and then the shadow comes and it overpowers the real. Oh, it was the just the way she explained <laughs> it was so simple, Amazing. but it was just like that's exactly what's happening yeah. to me when I can't breathe, when my chest starts closing. That's my shadow, and all I have to do. All I have to do is go down my knees and say, I need help. Oh. Awesome. And the shadow gets pulled off. And I can stop breathing. Yeah. Wow. And it's, there's something, there's a real power in that. I mean, I've, I've been looking for a higher power. So when I came into the rooms, I had a lot of anxiety. I did all of the OBS meetings and there was a guy there, Mark, I call him Tibetan Mark, the one with all the mm, tattoos. He's Beautiful. one of my favorite, favorite souls in the whole world. Mine too. He's on here as well. Ah, he did a cleansing in my home. He took me to Shambhala where I learned how to breathe. Well, that's what I thought I was going there for. And I went on a whole spiritual adventure there for three years. Oh, to word. the point where I actually wanted to give up my job and go and work in a monastery in Canada. Oh, my word. But I had just taken Lorraine as my sponsor. Okay. And she said, what? <laughs> Who are you running from? Ah. And I was like, I'm not running. So she said, write to me about why you want to go and what responsibilities are you leaving behind. And then <laughs> she says, you're not going to get the job. You can apply. You're not going to get the job. It's not the right thing to do. And then I uh, left there for a bit. Um, and then I did the Art of Living course, the okay. happiness course. That didn't quite ha ring as true for me as the Shambhala thing did. But as soon as Shambhala became preachy, I lost, I lost interest. Because initially we did levels. So it was levels of silence and of observation. That's where I found my first therapist in, in since I got clean. Okay. And uh, his name was Johan. And he was the one that tore up my anger later. <laughs> told me that's not angry i want to tell him i would love to see him now to say you know what thank you very much yeah. now people tell me i have anger issues <laughs> is that the guy you are yeah oh, okay i think i know it oh is he's your... lovely he was kate's therapist as well okay and uh he told her too that she needed to get more anger so um but i i just don't know where to draw the line so i can't be assertive my assertiveness is wishy-washy so when I when I feel angry, I feel powerful, and so then I can say, with, no, yeah, not maybe, no, and only when I'm like angry does it come across like a real no. Okay. If I'm like, no, I'd really rather not, then the person will ask me again a week later, and I'll say no, I really rather yeah. not, and then. The third time they ask, I either say, like, fuck off, <laughs> or 99% of the time I do it. Yeah. Ah. The thing that I've said no to yeah. twice. Mm. I'm very, I'm very, okay. I creep into that easily. I think that's part of my journey as well, is the, the power of no. Yes. And it's, there's nothing wrong in saying no. no. I don't know why I feel guilty saying no, but it's the hardest mm. word for me to say. Yeah, I'm with you. In the workplace with sponsees, with children, yeah. um, mm. with husband. And then let me tell you, 
I've got a whole little story going on here about what assholes they are for asking me. <laughs> but when, I she, say, yeah. when she says yes, she's pointing at her head. And I, and, I, and I get it. The complete unmanageability. Hence your journey into Coda, I yes, presume. The, yes. the, we are powerless over others. Oh. When I read the first step in Coda, I thought, fuck, I should have been here. This is the first. This is what ago. I should have been. Because yeah. there's a part of me that believes like um, Mark Emmerich was the first person that told me that I was Coda. Okay. And that he told me when I was still using and I was still with my ex. And he told me, wait for it, your husband is too. But the two of you are on the opposite scales of the spectrum. And you are going to be in the Sunday Times at the back page. And he says, I don't know who's going to kill who, but one of you is. Are you serious? Did you say that? And when, we, when I got the interdict... The magistrate said the same thing, and it was, I got goose flesh. She says, I'm granting this because I would have granted it to your husband if he'd asked as well, because the two of you are life-threatening for each other. Oh, my other. God. One of you is going to kill the other. There is no doubt. I can't believe the person sitting in front of me tonight is, <laughs> was that person. So if you have to today kind of try and explain what your higher power is, do you have a picture in your head? You at least know he's male. He's male, yeah. And for me, why would I? It's a father thing. Okay. Um, which I suppose is a bit of the religious teaching coming into it. But I do believe that the physical strength of a man is yeah. more than a woman. I, will, I never, ever believe that I would be physically stronger than, than a counterpart. That's interesting. And I'm okay yeah. with that. Because I, I've got a female higher power because I wanted the loving. I wanted the, the nurturing, the caring. But you see, my mother was not nurturing and caring. <laughs> Amazing. My father was nurturing and yeah. caring. So he is, I mean... My, my father was nurturing and caring as well. Yeah. So he's, my high power is the kind of guy that says, okay, you're struggling with this. Don't give up. Just just keep on. Don't like quit five running. minutes before just the miracle. Just carry on trying. Yeah. Every effort is worth it. You are getting better. He's that kind of person. And also when I just do throw in the towel and say, fuck it, that's it, I'm over this shit, mm. then... When I when I calm down and I come back and I say, okay, actually, I'm not finished, he doesn't laugh at me. Because when people laugh at me, I get very angry. Is it? I do not. Okay. If I'm tiny. Oh, wow. So if I trip and people giggle. Yeah. You just see red. But I had calipers on, and I think that's a lot to do with that because obviously, as a child, I used to walk funny. Yes. And, and kids laugh. Yes. So there's that oh, stigma so all that for me. Comes up, yeah. Comes up for me. Um, but I mean, the gift of that is that my father made me do ballet, and I loved that. Hey? Yeah. I really loved that. My dream Amazing. was to be a ballerina, and then they told me after all that pain and hard work, you're too heavy. You'll never perform. You can be a teacher. I was like, what? You could not tell me this three years ago. <laughs> I told you three years ago, you'd probably said, I will get I will get. Well, then I would have probably been anorexic. I was just going to say, in, end up anorexic. Yeah, with because my personality. They, because there's no, there's no middle ways. You know? uh, uh-uh. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of things to, in, you know, I have that, I have that potential to be, 
to have obsessions about yeah. my body. And, yes, the, and my daughter told me, she said, Mom, don't talk cuck to me. She said, you abused laxatives and you collapsed three times. I picked you up. Are you serious? Uh, but um, my body, my ex's body type is this. Okay. And so he met me at 15. I was a size 36. When I married him at 19, I was a size 28. Oh, oh my word. Throughout our married life, the most I ever weighed was 53. Mm. I am now 90, so that can just give you an indication. And I was publicly weighed at Blue Road Mall on the thing that get measured your body mass indicator. And if I went above 53, then I had to go on diet. So when I stopped using, I couldn't maintain that. Did that con- did, did the weight issue contribute to your using? Yeah, because when then it was easy to, exactly, to keep yeah. the weight. Yeah. And then when I really wanted to stop, in order to keep the weight, I had to find some, another solution. I tried sticking my fingers in my throat. I cry every time I, cry, I vomit. It's not going to work yeah. for me. So the, the abusing of... Uh, Laxatives was the way out for me, but you dehydrate yourself, and because I didn't know that, yeah, you know, running around doing a job and not eating, and then and using this, you know, it was. I had to have two stomach ops now in in recovery because of it. Oh my uh, word! Because my bowel just didn't function properly because of all of it, and I for, I conveniently forgot that my daughter's. <laughs> And still, when I'm feeling a little bit now, I've gone gone through menopause and also being all this extra weight, I still, in my head, see myself as that 53 kilogram girl. Oh, my word. Still. So when I go into a shop to go look for clothing, I'm looking at stuff that would look good on a 30-year-old <laughs> that's a size 6, not a 50-year-old that's a size 16. Yeah. Amazing. Do you find you use food as a form of control? Punishment. Punishment? Mm. Okay. So if I have been bad, let's say, then I haven't achieved what I've wanted to achieve. Then it's the fuck it switch goes, and then I will just eat. Okay. Eat for comfort. Just eat, eat, eat. And then if I'm on a good wicket, then and I'm feeling good about myself, then I eat less. Okay. But as soon as I feel... Like a loser, and I'm just like, oh, what the fuck? Okay, so you just don't go throw in the towel and. <coughs> see, I, I do the opposite. I um, well, not really the opposite, but what I what I do is, if something in my life is completely out of control, I stop managing my food, because then I can con- this one thing that I can control. Now, see, now <laughs> I'm using my exercise in my brain. Okay, we are fucked. <laughs> you know, I, who now I am not a sporty person. What did I want for Christmas? A smartwatch. Well, you know I look at I look me? at you on internet and you, I think of you. Jesus, this woman has become complete fucking sport. So I've got to break the news to you. You are a sporty person. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. I've never been in my whole life. Well, you are now. That's wonderful. And I look at it with jealousy because I have all these fucking injuries and I would love to be. Well, I started yoga now. Oh, wow. And that's a really soft, oh. gentle way of, of getting back into it. And I'm loving it. It's oh, beautiful. Nice. Yeah. I never could get into it. 
I just can't get I'm not supple and there again it's my I'm very judgmental on myself so I'm looking at supple compared to when I was doing ballet I, I just want to say because you use that as and, your uh, that's my benchmark yeah. <laughs> and I'm now 53 and I haven't done it since I was 18 oh women but I should be this so when uh, did your reality check bounce exactly <laughs> can you remember the date <laughs> but we've we have now chatted wonderfully and the one thing that I'm that I'm hearing so beautifully is an amazing, amazing connection with a higher power in such a wonderful, vulnerable way. And what I find weird is that the Anne sitting in front of me today is very different than the one that, that I left in Cape Town five years ago. So you have shown so much growth. It's amazing. It is weird, hey. So if anybody's listening to the to listening to this podcast and they want to come into recovery for instance, or, or they are in recovery and they feel stuck, do you have a message for them? Well for me, just don't give up. I I gave it everything that I had. It was my last I believe very much it's my yeah, last chance. I remember your shit. It's my last yeah, chance. That's what you said as well. And I was just like, fuck it, I'm pulling out all stops. Yeah. And don't so go to the, any lens. Go to any lens and don't be that person that sits on the outside of the circle. Yeah. Go in and sit in the inside. Get connected because what Stick I realize... Stick with the winners. Yeah. <laughs> connection with other addicts. Connection is the opposite of addiction. 100%. As a counselor, that is my motto. 100%. Connection is the opposite I didn't have of a addiction. single connection when I was in active addiction yeah. with God, with myself, with my family, yeah. with my children, nothing. I was just this And now you're running with your two skeleton. boys, you cycled with your daughter, you yeah. visit your grandchild. grandchild. You're a, I read to him over Skype. Was, was that the first grandchild? Mm. Oh, wow. Mm. So there's many more to come. To be exciting. Come. Although my boys have said, Mom, just calm down, just, just calm breathe, down. okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much. This was wonderful. I loved, loved, loved this. I'm so glad I took a drive all this, this way on a oh. Thursday evening. And thank you for, for, for setting yourself free and be sitting in your lounge. And I think, I suppose your boy wants to come out watch TV. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to your family as well. Thank you, family. Appreciate your, your accommodating mom in this. But I all I want to do is wish you many, many, many more years of... I don't want to call it sobriety. I want to call it growth, because this is what it is. It is, and it's it's many more years of life yeah. because I'm living now. I didn't live before. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I existed. existed. Yeah, and give that sponsor of yours a hug from me. Oh, I will. Please she do is a big, a big really, bear one. Oh, she's <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, After the technical problems I experienced over the past week, I'm more than grateful than normal to get this episode to you. It was really special to see Anne again. She's also now married again and seems as happy as a pig in shit. Strangely enough, we also did not get married far apart from each other. We really seem to be walking on the same type of path at the moment. Since having done this recording, I'm happy to report that Anne has indeed completed the Cape Town cycle tour and she found a new job. Well done, Anne. She is truly an indication that there is nothing holding you back once you have found the path that works for you. I'm very proud of you, girl. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook, either Meet Me in the Field, or Freddy Counselor, or Freddy van Rensburg, or on Twitter at, at Rensburg Freddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor.
Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. I want to thank Anne for her time in talking to Meet Me in the Field. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.